Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Before we get into the Word, before we get going, um, I ask Sid come up here for just a minute. And uh, he's been with us uh, sometimes since around the first of the year. And um, the Lord has called him in to go far, far away. Actually, to New Hampshire. Um, that's a long way away. I may have to go to New Hampshire just to visit him. But uh, um, I'm sad and happy. I'm happy that he's... Uh, Obeying the voice of the Lord and doing what the Lord's called him to do. And I'm just glad that um, we got to be a part of the journey. And I don't think it's uh, a, like I'm never going to see you again. Um, he's, he's, no, he's not dying. <laughs> so, uh, and even if you do, I'll still see you again. But, um, you know, I just hope... You know, I don't feel that we've been a stumbling block, but I hope that we've been a stepping stool that's elevated you and catapulted you to the next season in life. And uh, we got something for you from the church. And I'm going for the hug. All right. But uh, we love you and appreciate you, and uh, we're not going anywhere either. So. Now, threaten the hog time. Trenton lives in Winston County. He said, we can hide him up here. <laughs> so we've been talking about, well, last week we used Romans 12, 2 as a foundational scripture, not to be conformed to the patterns of this world. No, but to be transformed. By what? The renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind with the Word of God, not what's on the local news channel. Amen? And for weeks now, we've been talking about what we've already obtained, what's been provided to us by grace, and we have to receive it through faith. Grace is provided to us. Anything that you've ever needed, anything that you currently need, anything that you'll ever need has been provided to you by grace. We obtain it, we receive it, we lay hold of it, we take it, uh, we appropriate it by faith. It's faith. And that's what we've been talking about for weeks now. And I've read this scripture multiple times. I'm going to go through a couple of these pretty quickly and then we'll move on. It's already 11 o'clock. It says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, just like the song that we just sang. But open the eyes of my heart, Lord. That's what he's saying. I'm praying, this is a, a prayer from Apostle Paul. He said, I'm, I'm praying that your eyes will be opened, that you'll see, not, the, not spiritual eyes. I mean, not these phys fleshly, physical, carnal eyeballs right here, but a different set of eyes. I hope you'll see things through a different lens, through a different set of eyes. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. Well, that's why he wanted them to see so they'd know what the hope of his calling is and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty uh, to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places now get a hold of this that same power 
that raised Christ Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the throne of God in heavenly places, that same power resides on the inside of you and I. We've got it. It's in us. Now, if you're waiting to see it with your natural eye before you believe it, you're not going to. There's this thing, the faith. Don't, don't let me back. I'm moving ahead. For above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only this age, but the ages to come, it's the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to. You know what name? The name of Jesus. Amen. So this power, this, this power that raised Christ Jesus from the head dwells on the inside of you. You just need to go ahead and take a hold of that and get it settled. Now, in Second Peter, the first chapter, the third verse, it says, this is Peter talking to the church. This is not him talking to worldly people. This is him talking to you and me, Christians. And he says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you need to get a hold of that. His divine power has given us a couple, of, a couple of things you'll need. But no, it plainly says, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us all things. All things are all things. You're never going to need another thing. He's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have it. He gave it to you on the cross. He gave it to you through his blood. Amen. It's ours. It was given to us and we receive it through faith. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Now get this, for if these things are yours, and they are, they are, they're mine. You need to read it and say, they're mine, these are mine, these are on the inside of me, they've been given to me. If these things are yours and abound, in other words, if you walk in it, if you live in it, if you have faith in it, you'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, the eyes of your understanding being opened enlightened, seeing things. But if you like these things, then you're short-sighted, even to blindness, 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 and has forgotten that which uh, was cleansed from his old sins, have forgotten it. You remember Psalms 103, I think it's the second uh, verse, it says, don't forget it. Don't forget these benefits. Remember we read it week after week after week. Don't forget it. But don't forget what's already been given to you because you're not who you used to be. You're a new creation. Amen. In 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, the 17th verse, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're not an old rebuilt car. You're new, a new creation. Your spirit has been created. It is absolutely perfect. It can't get any better. You can't add to it. It is absolutely perfect. It's already in there. Amen. He didn't, it's not a fixer-upper. Brand new. Straight off the showroom floor. Zero miles. Brand new creation. All the bells, all the whistles. They'll never be any better. It is absolutely perfect. He's made you perfect. Don't look in the rearview mirror. Just look through that windshield. 
Because where you're going is more important than where you've been. You're a new creation. It don't matter what's behind you. There was a woman in the Bible. She looked behind her. Now people use her to put on their french fries. She was turned to a pillar of salt, right? All right. The next time you put salt on something, you still be thinking about that. Now, we live in a spiritual world. I mean, there, let me back up. There is a spiritual world. There is a spiritual world. Where is it at? Well, where's electricity at? Where does it come from? There is power lines and a conduit running all through this building. That conduit leads to switches and plugs. And you will have to flip that switch if you want to see these lights come on. The power has been supplied to you. The power has been supplied to the building. There is electricity. There is electricity. We're not trying to get the electricity. We just have faith that the electricity is here. I came in this morning. Most mornings I'm the first one here. I actually came twice this morning. I came once, and I was here extremely early, only to realize that my keys were at home. So I thought about sitting in the parking lot, but I'm like, man, I'm going to sit here an hour and a half. So I drove back home and got my keys and um, came back. And when I came in, I did not stop at that switch and say, Lord Jesus, please, 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 I beg of you, please let this lights come on when I hit this switch. I had faith those lights were going to come on just like it does every Sunday when I hit that switch because you know why? We've paid the power bill. Now, some weeks I do pray that about the air conditioner. We've had a little trouble out of one of them. If you don't think I've talked to that air conditioner and prayed for that air conditioner and said, you come on in the name of Jesus, I have. I have. I've talked to it a few times, and that's okay. But see, faith is a conduit uh, from the unseen to the seen. So in other words, I can't see the electricity. But I have, by faith, I flipped that switch. And then now the unseen is seen because the lights come on. And the speakers come on and you can plug in a vacuum cleaner in and do some vacuuming, whatever. Faith brings it from the unseen to the seen. Faith like Abraham. You know, God said, if you go read in the scripture, I believe it's in uh, Hebrews, the fourth chapter, somewhere around the 15th, 16th verse, if I'm not mistaken, could be wrong. I've, I've been known to be wrong a time or two, but it's God called things as not as though they were. He said, Abraham, your name's Abraham. You're going to be a father of many nations. Father of many nations. He's talking to a man that's 100 years old. He don't even have any kids. He's going to be a father of many nations. He said, God called things as not as though they were. Does that mean it didn't exist? And when Abraham started saying, my name's not Abram anymore, but my name's Abraham. Abraham means father of many nations. So he was going around when he introduced himself, shake hands with people, and he'd say, my name's Abraham. He was literally saying, I'm a father of many nations. And he said, against hope, he had hope. In other words, he believed what the Lord said would come to pass. So when Abraham said, he, when he was calling things that are not uh, as though they were, does that mean he was exist calling something into existence? In other words, no, because God had already spoke those words. What God spoke did exist. It was just in the unseen. But through faith, 
Abraham called the thing that wasn't seen into a realm that was seen. It was there in the spiritual the whole time because God sent the word forth. He said, you will be a father of many nations. And aren't you glad that he is? Because the blessings of Abraham are upon you and me, just like we talked about a minute ago. Woo, we're in that bloodline now. He called it from the unseen into the seen. It was there in the spiritual. See, when God speaks a word, it, it never returns void. It always accomplishes the thing it was sent forth to do. It's up to you and I to appropriate it, to believe it, to lay hold of it, to grab a hold of the thing. Amen. See, the only reality for most people, when I say most people, I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about most Christians. The only reality, and these are my own man-made statistics. I didn't get this... Well, I guess all statistics are man-made. But this isn't red. Uh, this, is, this is just what I think. About 99% of Christians, um, um, the reality for them is what they can see. Their five senses. They operate by their five senses. If I don't see it, it's not real. If I didn't hear it, see it, feel it, five senses, smell it, taste it, all these things. And it's 100% fleshly. And... Um, As far as making people, you know, believe these things, uh, do you believe in radio waves? Do you believe in satellite waves? Well, there's radio waves here. There's satellite waves here. They're out in the air. They've always been here since the beginning. But finally, man plugged up a TV and he hooked in an antenna. And now they're sitting at home watching the Andy Griffith Show. But you know what? Those, those radio waves and satellite waves, those things are always there. Can't see them. Still can't see them. But you can put it on a TV where you can see it. In other words, it's there. It's in the air right now. I can't see it. You can't go by what you see. You can't walk by sight. You've got to walk by faith. Do you believe you have a brain? Have you ever seen it? The jury is still out for some. <laughs> I believe I have a brain. I've never seen it. Don't care to. But I believe it's in there. Amen. It's not make-believe. I mean, these things I'm talking about, it's not make-believe. It's real. The spiritual realm is very, very real. If you could have your eyes open right now and see in the spiritual realm, you'd see some things. Some things that would scare you. You know, there's demons as well. I've seen one. One time my entire life, I saw it in my bedroom, hovering above my bed. And I'm not going to tell that whole story because it's too long and I don't have time, but I've seen in the spiritual realm before and concerning, uh, concerning that, and it, it's real. The spiritual realm's real. Amen. Now, you've got to understand these things are in you. They're in you. They're in you. Hebrews 11th chapter, the first verse. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This faith I'm talking about, this faith I'm talking about is being sure. Being sure, being certain, uh, having assurance. Basically, the title deed. You know, you've got the deed to something, it's yours. You've got the title deed to some things. Amen. We need to walk around and live like you got the title deed to it. You know, it really doesn't feel like it's your house when you jot that check every month to the bank. It's their house. You're just living in it until you pay this rascal off. But when they send you that deed, I've never had one sent to me, but 
I will one day. But I've got some deeds or some titles to some vehicles. Paid them off. Feels good, don't it? Now it's mine. I got a title deed to, uh, I don't even see her, but she's up there somewhere. My wife, she belongs to me. <laughs> Ain't nobody getting it. For if by the elders obtained a good testimony, for by what? Faith. And this is the faith chapter. Keep on reading. It'll tell you what people did by faith, by faith, by faith. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God spoke this into existence. So that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Do you realize the unseen created what is seen? I don't see God. He created what is seen. So the unseen was cre created what is seen. Amen. I'm just wanting you to realize the spiritual realm is a real thing. You don't need to walk around thinking you're only just a little human being. I make jokes sometimes. I say, you're just an earthling. You know, I tell my wife, or tell, I've told y'all before, y'all are just mere earthlings. I'm not. I'm not from earth. I'm from somewhere else. I'm just passing through. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm from another place. The kingdom of God is where I'm from. Don't see yourself as just a weak little earthling. And I'm not trying to get crazy with you. I mean, sure, we're on earth. Yeah. But I'm saying, don't be limited to that. Don't be limited to, the, to your five senses. Realize that you are a spiritual being and you live in a body. You have a soul and you live in a body. This is just transportation just to get us around for a few here, years here on earth. But it's going to go quickly. Just like a vapor or a mist, and it's going to be all over and done. And there will not be any going back or any second chances. That dash between born and died is what you're living in, and you need to do something with it. Because we'll all stand before the king one day, and we'll get to explain what we did with that dash. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe today wouldn't hurt my feelings because we're supposed to go to the beach and I don't like the beach. <laughs> so, I don't want it to be today. I, today for me is good. For me is good. But I've got some friends that's not good. It is not good. It makes you want to cry thinking about I know where they'd go. I don't want them to go there. That's why we got to make use of the dash. And my buddy was talking about being disciples, what's that look like? Well, I'll tell you where, what it looks like is a good place to start is you can make your list of every one of your friends and family that's not going to heaven with you and go after them. Go after them. Because heaven won't be the same without them. Amen. Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 22nd verse. But the fruit of the Spirit... Now, you've got these things in your spirit. Everything you ever need, you've got. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, you've got. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Well, I don't feel love. Don't go by how you feel. Joy, well, I don't, I, I don't feel any joy. Peace, I haven't had peace in years. Long-suffering, I don't have any patience. You ever been with me in traffic? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, 
Against such there is no law. These things are yours. These things belong to you. So you say, well, I don't feel it. Well, feelings can't comprehend spiritual things. Faith does. If you're trying to comprehend spiritual things with feeling, you're not going to comprehend it. The world absolutely thinks that you've lost your mind. That we all have. The fact that we actually think of God out there sending his son to go hang on a cross and die so our sins can be forgiven. They can't wrap their little puny pea brains around that. That makes no sense. When you try to comprehend that in the natural, this, this microphone has been a real thorn in my side. And uh, it's, it's close to going on to be with the Lord. <laughs> but when you comprehend, try to comprehend these things in the natural, you can't. You can't. You can't comprehend these things in the natural. You can't comprehend spiritual things in the natural. Faith does that. And uh, it's not going to happen if you're trying to comprehend it in the natural. So what's going on in the spiritual realm? You know, that's a good question. What's going on in the spiritual realm? Well, a lot of things are going on in the spiritual realm. Let's read John the 6th chapter, the 63rd verse. It says, It's the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Well, that's good news, isn't it? See, God's Word right here, all of God's Word, the whole entire Bible, God's Word reveals to you what's going on in the spiritual realm through faith. So if you want to know what's going on in the spiritual realm, how are you going to find out? You're going to find out through the Word of God because God's Word reveals to you what's going on, what's taking place, what belongs to you, what's been given to you, who you are, what His will is for your life. It's found in the Word of God, and we've got to dig into the Word of God. It's up to you and I to dig into the Word of God, to come weekly just like you have been and, and get into the, to the Word. Now, um, in, let's see here. I don't know where I wanted to go next. Um, I'll say this. This Word right here that reveals to you through faith Having faith in this word reveals to you what's out there in the spiritual realm and what belongs to you. Now, I know some people, they've got their minds made up, and there is nothing that's going to change their mind, not even the word of God. Christians, I've met them. I know of one woman in particular that told me with her own mouth, face to face, eyeball to eyeball, while you were preaching, during the sermon, she put her hand on her belly. She said, I felt my faith growing. And she didn't hear. That's because it was. That's because her spirit, there was, see, there was something going on. It was called her spirit. It was bear witnessing with her spirit. The spirit of God was bear witnessing with her spirit. Her faith was growing when she heard the word. She was receiving that word, and it was growing. But her husband, he said, no, nah, my mind's already made up. So he decided they, they needed to go, some, go on down the road, go somewhere else. They didn't believe in all this crazy stuff. This crazy word, man, it's just crazy, isn't it? See, his mind was made up, and wasn't nothing going to change his mind, not even the Word of God. Don't be that hard-headed. The Word of God is what's supposed to change your mind. The Word of God is what's supposed to renew your mind. Praise the Lord. Now, CNN and other news channels, they're going to try to change your mind too. They will. There's so much trash coming through that TV. There's so much trash coming through the internet, through the computer. You ever, let me tell you, this thing right here, it's got a picture of an apple with a bite out of it. 
I mean, that ought to say, hello. I don't like it. I started to put a piece of tape over it. This isn't smarter than God. And the very first Apple computer cost $666 too, by the way. Go look it up. Pretty wild. Why is there an apple with a bite out of it? They don't even know. Well, uh, I'm not a rocket scientist and I know the answer to that. Because they don't need God. We're smarter. we got technology. What we need Him for? Anyway, don't let you mind. Don't, you can't expect to live a clean, righteous, holy life when... You have got uh, the sewer of the world popping into your house and going into your ears. That's just the truth. Praise the Lord. Um, in that 63rd verse there in John, I just read it. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That's why, because of, cause you know why? The flesh don't understand it. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But in the 64th verse, and I don't have it on here, he says, but there's still some of you that don't believe. You hear it, but you don't believe it. That's like being a hearer, but not being a doer. It's just going over your head and out the back door. You're going to hear it, but you're not going to believe it. Well, this word of God right here is a window. This word of God right here is a portal into the spirit realm. You want to know what's going on in the spirit. You want to know what's been provided to you. You want to know what's yours. You're going to find it through this word of God. That's the window to see into it. Amen. In Hebrews, we already read Hebrews chapter 11, the first few verses. But it says, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It doesn't say that faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that doesn't exist. It just says things that are not seen. That means they do exist. You just haven't seen them. Seen them where? Seen them with what? Seen them with your eyes. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart. We want to see you. Amen. That's what Paul was saying. I pray that your eyes be open so you can see what belongs to you. We confess things. Let's just say we get over into confessing the Word of God. Let's just say we're going to confess they say, well, you're sick. And you say, well, the Word of God says in 1 Peter 2, 24, that by His stripes I was, as in past tense, I was healed. Yeah, but you don't look healed. Yeah, but I am healed. But you don't look healed. But I am healed. See, you confess those things. And people say, oh, you're just confessing that crazy old faith stuff and all that. But look at you. You're not healed. You're sick. Matthew 8, chapter 17, verses, He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Well, look at you. You don't, you, don't, you don't look healed to me. So in other words, people will come against you for having those confessions. But if you're trying to understand things in the uh, physical realm, in other words, if you are monitoring uh, everything through the physical realm to determine whether you're saved or not, whether you're healed or not, or whether you've been provided for or not, if you're trying to determine these things based off the physical realm, you're in for a long, long, hard road. Because the, 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 the natural realm, the physical realm, don't understand these things. It profits the flesh nothing. We just read the scripture. The flesh will look at it and say, I guess it's not true. I dare to say everybody here in this room at some time in their life has been prayed for. Maybe not everybody, but most people. Most. Been prayed for. And maybe 
or you just prayed, period. You prayed. And things didn't, uh, a few days later, a week later, things didn't look to be going the way that you had prayed and she had believed for, that you hoped for. And then you said, I guess it, I guess it didn't work. I guess my prayer didn't take. I guess it wasn't God's will, or I guess this, or I guess that, or uh, I guess it's not working. Or Why would we say that? Because we got to looking with our natural eyes, and we didn't see what we wanted to see. That's why I say we've got to be looking with another set of eyes. See, the things in the spiritual realm need to become more real to you than the things in the natural. You say, well, that's just crazy. No, the unseen created the seen. And what's not, what is seen, you know what? It's going to be destroyed. But the unseen, it'll always be here. The spiritual realm's not going anywhere. So when I was saying about being an earthling, in other words, uh, that's kidding, J joking about being a, a mere earthling, but you got to think of yourself as, I'm a spirit. This is just my transportation to get me around right here and how this feels and what this sees and what this hears and what the world may lose their mind, but I'm, stick, I'm sticking to spiritual things. I'm sticking to what belongs to me. Amen. If you were just here during praise and worship, during the last song, and you could still sit there and say the spiritual realm's not real, you'd have to be real nut. Because I, mean, I, I know Jesus is with me everywhere I go, but I felt like he was st standing beside me with his arm around me. I mean, I, I felt the presence of the Lord. I didn't see him with my eyeballs, but the feeling that I felt, the, the, it, it's just a hard-to-explain feeling, but I knew that he was there in the room. He still is. And if you're carnal, that means you're being controlled by your senses. And we say this sometimes. You hear people say, that's carnal sin. And that's the thing Christians use to say, that's a real bad sin. All sin's carnal. How else would you sin? I mean, your spirit's not sinning. This morning when you got up and started getting ready to come to church, your spirit was just jumping up and woo, clapping and doing some high fives and it was excited doing cartwheels all around because it was going to church. He's taking me to church. He ain't took me in a while. Woo-hoo! It was excited. I'm serious. Your, your spirit was excited. Your soul, it didn't really have a choice. It's just going wherever you take it. Your flesh said, no, nah, man, that bed's feeling good right there. Fish are probably biting this morning before it gets too hot. Truth. Truth, you don't want to go up there and listen to that crazy nut. Carnal. Carnal. What is carnal? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Carnal. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, you don't need to have your mind set on things here on earth. You don't need to make decisions based off what you see with your eyes, what you hear with your ear, worldly, earthly things. Are you understanding me? Are you following me? It's important. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, well, we do live according to the Spirit. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit. We hear by the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord leads us and guides us and directs us. The Spirit of the Lord's going to lead. We're talking about Sid going up there. The Spirit of the Lord's going to lead him. He's got to pick his foot up. 
He's got to have faith and say, I trust you, Lord, to put this foot where it needs to go, but he's going to have to pick his foot up. And you and I have to do the same thing. The Spirit of the Lord is what leads you, what guides you. Because we're, we're, you have to look at yourself as a spiritual being. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that life and peace goes back to that scripture we just read a moment ago. That he gives us all things pertaining to life and godliness. But to be carnally minded, that's death. To be thinking like the world, see, it's death. It leads to death. Now get this. This is a biggie. I saw this differently this week than I've ever seen it before. And it, man, it hit me hard. It jumped out at me. I was like, wow. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That word right there, if you'll open up your Bible or flip the page, I don't have it on the screen, but in Genesis, the third chapter, you know what? Satan comes in, he deceives Adam and Eve, and God says, all right, Satan, for now, I'm going to make you low, way low, lower than all the other beasts, lower than all the cattle. You're going to eat dust the rest of your life. In other words, he turned him into a snake, slithering snake, on the ground, eating dust the rest of his life. And he said, I'm going to put enmity between the seed of the woman and your seed. Let me back it. He's talking to Satan when he says this. I'm going to put enmity between the seed of the woman and your seed. Right? Then it says to be carnally minded is enmity against God. I don't want to be carnally minded then. I don't want to think earthly things. That's a little spooky. I mean, this ain't no joke. He's saying not to be carnally minded because I've recreated you. You're not who you used to be. You're a new creation. Praise the Lord. All things have become new. Grab a hold of it. So then those things... Uh, who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those things are in the flesh cannot please God. In other words, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And in the flesh, you're not going to please God. When you're making decisions, carnal decisions, based off what you see here, feel, taste, smell, and all those things, carnal, your five senses, it's not pleasing to the Father. In fact, he says that carnal decision, that carnally-minded person is enmity. I mean, that should be like a, this, th what we're talking about should be like a shift, a paradigm shift. I mean, like, wow. In Romans, let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter. Well, I was already in the eighth chapter, wasn't I? I wanted to go back to Galatians. That's what it was. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, we already read it. But your carnal mind is going to say, you're depressed. You're depressed. You've, got a, you've been diagnosed with some kind of anxiety disorder. You're not happy. The grass is greener on the other side over there. You need to go over there. I said the other day, if the grass is greener on the other side, that's because somebody's watering it. You can have green grass on your side. But that's what the carnal mind says. We could go on a long list of what it says. You'll never have enough, and um, you'll always be behind, and your granddaddy had it, and your daddy had it, and now you're going to have it. And they went home, you know, they didn't live a long life. You're not going to live a long life. And, oh, man, you know, the flesh, wow. 
I mean, I'll tell you how quickly the flesh works, and y'all probably experienced this. And maybe you haven't. But you can be around somebody that says, um, I'm, I'm, beside, I'm, I'm standing here beside old Joe. I spent the day with Joe. And then Joe tells you, hey, man, uh, my, my wife just called, and she's got the flu. All of a sudden, you can be like, oh, man, I ain't feeling so good. Oh, I, I thought I was just tired because I didn't sleep well last night, but must be that flu getting me. Whew, I feel my hot. Do I feel hot? Feel me and see if I feel hot. You ain't looking good. That's how quick your mind goes to work. That's how quick the enemy goes to, gets to working on you. That's exactly what he does. And then old Joe goes, Man, my wife's just called and come to find out she didn't even have the flu. It's just something she ate. And then you're like, oh, well, huh, I must be fine. Or whatever. I'm totally making that up. But that's how your mind works. It automatically starts thinking the worst. Your carnal, fleshly mind is going to see the worst and start thinking all this craziness. If old Joe tells me his old, his old lady's got the flu, you're not supposed to say that, are you? His sweet little life had the flu. <laughs> I mean, you know, what do y'all y'all hired a red, y'all hired a redneck preacher? What do you expect, you know? So, his sweet little wife's got the flu. Huh? Well, she might, and you might. I don't. Not going to. I skip flu season. Go straight to turkey season. Ain't that right? Yeah. It's the only season I care about. Well, I like balsa, you know. Uh, Baseball season. Kid plays baseball. Dirt bike season's all year, so it just keeps on the going. There's no season. But that's what your mind's going to say. That's what it's going to say. That's what your cardinal mind's going to say. It's the worst, worst diagnosis. The doctor said this. The news said that. They said, she said, we said. They all said. Uh, but you have to go back to what Galatians says. We read it earlier. The fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You can keep on going and say healing and forgiveness and uh, prosperity, provision. All these things, they belong to me. I'm not going by what I say. I'm not walking by sight, but I'm walking by faith and faith only, regardless of what I see. Don't matter what it looks like. I mean, some people say you're just absolute, complete nut to say what you say and believe what you believe. And if you weren't here Wednesday night, you need to go back and listen to what Daryl was saying. He used to have a whole bunch of campers, not just old junky campers, but nice campers, new campers, expensive campers. And guess what? None of them was paid for. And he had this key, key to every camper. And he unlocked it. He said, you're paid for, and you're paid for. And he went over here, you're paid for. And he unlocked all of them and said, you're paid for. And he said it every single day. And if we'd have walked by the natural and looked at it with our carnal eyes, I'd have said, that guy's nuts. He's out there talking to a camper. And look at the bank statement. That thing ain't paid for. Ain't none of it paid for. But just like Abraham... Just like Abraham. I know everybody's going by what they're seeing, but he was going by what? A different... See, they'd say you're out of touch with reality. No, he was in touch with reality. Because the spiritual realm is more real than this earthly realm. And guess what? All them campers are paid for. Every one of them. All at once. Real sudden like two. And nobody said amen, but he did. 
And his wife says, she's like, hey, man, now he's taking me to Hawaii. I didn't mean to plant that seed. I'm sorry. Um, when you focus on the natural, you're cutting yourself off from the spiritual. God's not cutting you off. You cut yourself off. It's been provided to you. It's been given to you. It's yours. But when you focus on nothing but the natural, in essence, you're just cutting yourself off from the spiritual. And um, you just got to learn to be dominated by the Word, not the world. Make your mind up. I'm going to be dominated by the Word and not the world. Dominated by the Word, not the world. I don't care what the world says. I'm not dominated by the world. I'm dominated by the Word. Praise the Lord. I'm rooted and grounded in it. And we're running out of time. I'm going to try to hurry. You got a spirit. You got a soul. You got a body. Years ago, I did this. And I had just an average-sized guy come up here. And I had a small guy come up here. And I had a quietly, uh, a little bit bigger guy come up here. So it was like stair steps, right? And that was you uh, exactly in reverse. Medium-sized, little, big. Spirit, soul, body. Right, so this little guy was the, uh, this big guy, bigger guy was the, was the, but I'm just train wrecking this. <laughs> the slightly larger fellow was the flesh, and the flesh was pulling the soul and the spirit wherever he wanted to go, and they couldn't stop him. The soul's just being taken wherever. And what I was talking about is getting into spiritual matters and learning spiritual and learning the Word. And I was talking about your spirit growing, which is just an example. Your spirit doesn't grow. It's already grown. You don't add to it. It is completely done. Absolutely perfect. Everything you've ever needed need or will need is in there, in you, in you. It's just up to you by faith to draw it out, pull it out out here from the unseen to the seen, Okay. But what my point to the whole thing was, this flesh, when you quit looking that way and hearing that way and going that way and say, no, spiritual battles, winning some spiritual battles, going, no, 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 and, and you quit feeding your flesh with the trash on TV and with doubt and with unbelief and all these different things, then that guy shrinks. And then I brought a big old guy up here. He was, uh, his name's Brian. We call him Biggin. You know why? Because he's a Biggin. Big. Six, five, or six, be kind of big. So we put him over there. Now that represented our spirit because our flesh grew. You see what I'm saying? That big old guy was there the whole time. It just took the eyes of your understanding. I pointed here. Forget I said that. The eyes of your understanding being open to see what you had the whole time. And then Biggin just took off dragging the other two around the sanctuary. See, we're supposed to be led by the spirit. Then... You'll see the fruit of those things will be, uh, they'll be seen out here in the flesh and in the body. Because you won't talk like you used to talk. You won't act like you used to act to. You won't be stingy and greedy. You'll be generous. One thing I don't understand and one thing I don't, can't wrap my mind around is a greedy Christian. Makes no sense to me. How could you withhold anything from anybody when God gave his son for you? Beyond me. Can't take it with you. Never seen the hearse pulling a U-Haul. Now I'll, I'll finish right here. In Second Kings, the sixth chapter, there is the king of Syria, and the king of Syria is planning and plotting against Israel. 
And every time he makes a plan, Israel's ready for it. They counterattack or they're not there or something happens. It says, not just once or twice, but many times. And the king of Syria pulls his people together and he says, hey, what's going on? Somebody amongst us is not with us. Somebody amongst us is with them because there's no way that them could know what we're talking about here unless somebody from here is going telling them. And they say, well, no, sir, that's not what it is. There's a prophet over there. And he knows what you say in your bedchambers, in your bedroom. He knows what you say in private. You know why? Because the, the prophet was Elisha. He didn't hear him with his natural ears. He heard him with a different set of ears. It's called he perceived it. That's why Jesus would it would always say Jesus perceived their thoughts. Jesus perceived he, he might not have heard them say it because many times in the Bible, the Pharisees didn't say it. It says he perceived their thoughts. Where did he perceive it? In the spirit. So Elisha perceives what they were thinking. So guess what? He, he rounds up the troops and they go and, and Elisha's in Dothan and they go and surround it. Thousands and thousands and thousands of horse, men, soldiers, warriors going after Elisha. The king of Syria sent him. So now, get this, Elisha's there with his servant. And starting in the 14th verse, 2 Kings 6, chapter 14th verse, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the whole city. And when the servant of the man of God, and Elisha was the man of God, he had a servant, servant arose and he went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses, chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? What in the world are we going to do? Have you been outside lately? Have you took a look? Have you looked at the checking account? Have you looked at the doctor's report? Have you looked at what's going on around in the world? Have you heard what my wife said? Have you heard what my husband said? Have you heard this? Have you seen that? It's not looking good. It appears that we are surrounded and we have no way out. We're, we're fixing to die. I mean, that's what's fixing to take place. That's what the man's saying. In other words, I'm giving you these examples to bring it into to your world. Not everybody here has been in the war. Maybe perhaps some of you have and have been know what it feels like to be under attack of a gunfire. I don't. But I know what it's like to be under the attack of the enemy. I know what it's like to walk out of your door of your house and just feel like you're surrounded, can't do nothing right, everything wrong, Satan's hitting you from every angle, and trust me, he loves to kick you while you're down. That just shows what kind of punk he is. Gets you while you're weak. He said, what in the world are we going to do? Elisha answered, said, don't fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And most people would have said, that's a lie. Because there's nobody with you. It's just you two. And you say more's with us than with where, where they at? I certainly don't see them. You say by your stripes you were healed, but I don't see it. You say that he died on a cross for your sins. Well, I sure couldn't tell by the way you're living. You say he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, but it don't look like it. You're still eating spam. Uh, Potted meat and crackers. Don't have enough money to pay your bills. Some people like that. I don't. It's quite disgusting. No. I went five days without food once by choice. And I can honestly say at the end of that five days, I still wasn't hungry enough for no potted meat. <laughs> but some people like it. 
Don't look good. This is, this is, we're getting to the good right here. We're getting to the good. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open the eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire around Elisha. In other words, a servant walks out and says, we're surrounded. And Elisha says, Lord, I pray that your eyes, that his eyes will be open so he can see what's really out there. Then the young man's eyes are open. And what they appeared to be surrounded, but they were actually surrounded by something totally different. Horses and chariots of fire. Do you know what? If your eyes could be opened right now, what you'd see? Thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. There's angels everywhere. There's angels sitting beside you, front of you, behind you, all over the place. It says he opened his eyes. It doesn't say Elisha saw it. Now, Elisha may have saw it because he did see Elijah go up in that whirlwind, but it doesn't say open his eyes so he can see what I see. I think Elisha saw what he saw through faith, and he said open my servant's eyes so he can see what I'm seeing through faith with his natural eyes, and he let him have a glimpse into the spiritual realm so he can see you just think you're surrounded. But the reality is you're surrounded by something else. The Word of God says John the Baptist was the greatest man born among women. But it says whoever's least in the kingdom is even greater than that. Now, if John the Baptist was the greatest among those born of women, that means he had more available to him, more resources available to him even than Elisha. And if you, as a new covenant believer, are even greater than that, whew, look what's been provided to us. We just got to have our eyes open and see what we're really surrounded by. Amen. Proverbs, the third chapter, the fifth verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We got to learn to trust in the Lord, trust in this word, and not lean on your own understanding. And praise him, y'all can come on up. Don't trust in what you see with your eyes. You got to trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your understanding because your carnal little pea brain mind's not going to understand these spiritual things. Are y'all getting a hold of this? It's important. It's important. In 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, I've quoted a few times this morning that we're not walking by sight, we're walking by faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Where it says John's the least of them, I mean greatest, and that the least of the kingdom's even greater than that. If I'm not mistaken, that's in Matthew the 11th chapter. If you want to write it down, possibly Matthew 11:11. 11, 11. So I asked him to sing us a song this morning when we when we leave out of here, and. The last story we were there, we were talking about Elisha, the servant walking out and seeing that we were, they were surrounded. And there's people I know in this room right here, right now, that feel it's like that servant. Whatever situation you're in, you feel like you're surrounded. And it's, you just don't see a way out because you are surrounded by the enemy. I just want to ask you this morning, to open the eyes of your heart, to see this word. This word is a window. You're looking out the window into the spiritual realm and see what this word says. And you'll see that you're surrounded by uh, something that's much mightier and greater than that army. You know what? 
that army was blinded. And Elisha went and captured every one of them. What's amazing is he didn't kill them. He fed them, gave them something to drink, and sent them on their way. Isn't that something? Praise the Lord. So the name of the song that I asked me to sing is called Fight My Battles, and it's talking about being surrounded by the enemy. And how do you fight your battles? This is how I fight my battles. How do I fight my battles? Faith in God's Word. I believe what this Word says, period. Period, period. The sentence doesn't keep going. There's no comma. There's not another paragraph, period. End of story. I believe what this Word says. Period. Period. So the title of today's sermon is Open Your Eyes. Not these eyes. These eyes will lie to you. These eyes will go, look at that girl over there. She's hot. You need to go ask her out. And she's crazy. That girl's crazy. See, your eyes lied to you. (laughs) Some of the men are grinning like, Yes, she's sitting beside me. Now, y'all know I'm teasing. Well, maybe not, but what I'm telling you is your eyes will lie to you. The Spirit of God won't. The Word of God won't. The Word of God's actually the only truth. That's why we build our lives on it, because it's the only thing that is truth. Amen. Let's stand up.